Hello, welcome to Lazada Insider, featuring knowledge to makes a difference. We share trusted insights, forward-looking perspectives, and exclusive expert interviews to keep you ahead of the curve. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lazada Insider Earthy Special Series. Every Monday from 18th of April to 16th of May, we bring you insights to inspire you to achieve higher business growth with less environmental impacts. I'm your host, Katrina, Senior Manager from Lazada Group Strategy. Today, I have Cameron with me from BSR, and we're going to discuss about some practical sustainable practices that businesses can actually apply to e-commerce logistics. Well, this topic had already been getting a lot of attention even before the pandemic. Now, with the rapid expansion of e-commerce in the recent years, addressing sustainability in the process of parcel shipping has certainly been putting directly into the spotlight. So it's really great to have you joining us today, Cameron, to share the insights with us. And um, you certainly have great expertise uh, in the area of you know transportation and sustainability in this area, and also extensive experiences in helping businesses to advance the industry solutions related to reducing climate footprint during the logistics process. And this is an area that is certainly very interesting. So tell us a bit more about you, what do you do, and also about BSR. First of all, thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, and I guess I'll just jump right in. Uh, my name is Cameron Stegall. Um, I joined BSR uh, a while back now, uh, mainly on our transport and green freight team to assist with our freight collaboration and our transport consulting projects. Um, for initiatives really dedicated to decarbonizing maritime, aviation, and road freight, as well as, I guess, standardized reporting for those industries as well. Um, since then, I've actually moved into a new role, um, still with BSR, uh, but I am now our manager of collaborations focused on transport and climate. Um, and I am really just doing the same work, uh, focused on collaborations for those same industries, those hard to abate sectors, and uh, consulting some as well. Um, and I guess that leads me to BSR, which BSR is a nonprofit consulting organization made up of experts focusing on sustainability and collaboration to create a more just and sustainable world. I mean, the growth of digital commerce, of course, brings a lot of convenience to consumers. And that convenience, in a sense, is actually supported by uh, a more mature and more um, extensive logistics system. And um, as the industry grow, this potentially has a growing environmental footprint. So help us understand a bit more details. What are actually the main environmental impacts for uh, e-commerce logistics? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and, you know, in theory and probably historically in practice, too, uh, e-commerce has had a significantly lower carbon footprint than brick and mortar shopping. But after the COVID induced e-commerce boom between 2020 and 2022, uh, the footprint could be as much as maybe 40 percent lower on average than individual trips to stores. That's pretty significant. Um, however, I guess many of these calculations only take into account the one-way travel emissions and leave out aspects such as returns, uh, like returning items, um, where brick and mortar stores are see around maybe 9% return. Uh, online retailers sometimes see up to 20%, and um, some individuals or some individual stores see up to 50% of online uh, returns. I mean, the emissions are only a portion of the environmental impact, though. 
Um, there's also excessive waste from packaging uh, materials, which include plastic, of course, um, cardboard, paper, um, plastic peanuts, all of that stuff. And while most studies show that more than half and in some regions up to 75% of consumers want sustainable products, sustainably packaged and sustainably delivered, but without sustainable packing, packaging with growing expectations of immediate and free deliveries with uh, low global recycle rates, the online shopping boom will continue to have environmental impacts far outside of emissions. So that's just a piece of the story. There's no doubt that, you know, players in this industry need to move towards a more sustainable logistics solution. But before we talk about the house, right, let's establish what is exactly a, a truly sustainable e-commerce logistics system. What are your thoughts around this? Um, let's define the scope here. Um, and I would say let's talk very specifically about sustainable downstream logistics. Instead of the entire value chain talking about upstream as well, um, let's just narrow the conversation to downstream. So. With that being said, I guess I'll jump in and say a truly sustainable e-commerce logistics system is one that efficiently delivers goods with zero emissions in low waste packaging or 100% recyclable packaging. And of course, all while without increasing costs. That's the ideal. I guess I would say that heavy duty trucking is considered one of the hard to abate sectors and we'll need significant investment to decarbonize. Um, but the most polluting part of the e-commerce chain is actually the last mile deliveries. Not, not the big 18 wheelers you see, but uh, the, the small trucks that are going through neighborhoods and 20 miles outside of the city. Um, and that, that's when they are delivering the goods directly to somebody's door. That's the last mile. But Possible solutions to this include maybe electrification of delivery fleets, entire delivery fleets, um, even micro mobility platforms in urban areas, um, and centralized pickup points, which we're actually already seeing a lot more of. Um, all of these would reduce emissions. But building on my last answer, a key facet of sustainability e-commerce is making sure goods stay where they are shipped. And so reducing the number of items that are returned means lower emissions and less waste. And maybe a way to do this is super clear information about products online, high quality pictures, colors, fit, everything like that. Um, but then I would also consider the amount of waste produced through shipping products. Um, you can reduce your impact by uh, limiting the amount of plastic and the amount of paper um, and making sure boxes are the right size for items. Um, and this means using also recycled packaging when possible. And um, I guess all of this is, of course, just specific to the environmental aspect, but there's, there's so much more to it. And even in just the downstream, we always need to consider sustainability in terms of workers' rights, livable wages, reskilling the workforce for a just transition, um, automation implications, and so much more. And if we really talk about, you know, the position, the importance, I would say, of of a sustainable logistics solution e-commerce, do you see that as an option for businesses, or more already a necessity? Um, I won't be shy in saying that uh, I definitely think sustainable logistics is an an absolute necessity. Um, and to requote a point from earlier, 
up to 75% of consumers think it's a necessity too. Uh, I don't think this trend is new and I don't think it's going away. It's We're only gonna see um, more consumers and investors ask for companies to, to develop uh, sustainable logistics systems. And I also think a lot of the trends we're seeing now, uh, like free shipping, overnight shipping, or uh, in some urban areas, it, almost immediate shipping, two-hour shipping. Um, I expect those trends to also increase, and I, I expect for uh, more rural areas to expect similar things in the coming years. Um, but also, if we continue with business as usual, uh, I believe it's the International Council on Clean Transportation, ICCT, uh, they project that freight-related freight emissions in Asia alone will increase by 90% just from 2019 to 2050. That's, that's insurmountable. That's nearly 100% uh, yeah. emission increase in the next 30 years. And I would say that if we have any hope of remaining below the IPCC's recommended 2 degree, and I mean, ideally, the 1.5 degree Celsius target, Emissions need to be curbed in all sectors immediately. And I guess, unfortunately, too, COVID has really put a freeze on progress in so many industries. Um, aviation, for one, which also happens to be mo one of the most uh, emission intensive and hardest to abate sectors, but they're still recovering. And with SAF out there, um, the sustainable aviation fuel, it costs nearly three times as much as jet fuel. So it's very difficult for these companies to make significant investments at the moment uh, when they're still recovering from so many losses during COVID. And I guess without airlines investing in SAF, the sustainable aviation fuel, um, so many shippers are automatically limited in their options to reduce their scope three emissions. And we'll need to see significant investment over the next few years in aviation road last mile deliveries um, and uh, the investment means monetary of course but also um, in technology uh, research and development um, ensuring that we can actually curb these emissions um, even with transitionary fuels let's talk about some concrete examples and best practices um, and you certainly had a lot of experiences and uh, you have uh, you have seen great developments in this field um, so I'm wondering what are some of the latest sustainable solutions in e-commerce logistics that really impressed you? I, the first one that comes to mind is one that I, I just briefly mentioned before. Um, and I'm not sure that I'm impressed as more as intrigued, um, which is the movement away from at-home delivery, like door-to-door -door delivery, to these centralized pickup points, such as these automated smart lockers um, I just think it's super interesting that we have gone from brick and mortar to at-home delivery back to a centralized pickup point in the name of sustainability. And it's definitely one, one example that feels maybe regressive, but it, it does advance sustainability. And it's kind of like we're just reimagining re post offices. Um, but implementing this solution can significantly reduce emissions. Uh, especially from e-commerce, uh, because delivery vehicles don't need to perform as many movements on routes uh, through rural areas or even in urban areas where there's high traffic. Um, and so really it just leads to better optimization, more efficiency, 
And it also saves the company money uh, from fuel costs and maintenance costs. Um, let's see, another one I think um, is maybe the trend that will help eliminate concerns over fuel, um, which is electrification of fleets. Um, I think we're seeing a huge movement into the mainstream of fleet electrification that probably started five, seven years ago now, but it's just really mm -hmm. taken off. Um, big e-commerce and logistic companies are increasingly marketing large procurement commitments. I think along this, the, the same thought is uh, electric cargo bikes. We're seeing massive amounts of electric cargo bikes entering uh, dense populated areas like big cities, New York City, um, Singapore, um, and maybe just one more, um, which is probably the increasing collaboration. And there are probably two worth mentioning for this conversation. Um, the first is probably the Sustainable Freight Buyers Alliance, and then also the First Movers Coalition. And both collaborations are devoted to scaling decarbonization and SFBA, the Sustainable Freight Buyers Alliance, is a freight specific effort to scale projects focused on decarbonization efforts and catalyze collaborations. While the First Movers Coalition is, a, I guess it's a form of a public private partnership driving the adoption of low and zero carbon fuels and technologies in these hard to abate sectors. And I think we'll, we'll see more alignment in the coming months and certainly years as companies pool demand and to their funding, of course, to help streamline and deduplicate these efforts to collectively drive down emissions. It's very exciting. It's, it's great to see that, you know, you, you, you share a lot of the inspiring ideas and practices and also collaborations in this space. Um, so if let's say we bring more dimensions to the discussion and you talk about this just now, right? As, as online shopping becomes more mature in Southeast Asia, from consumers' perspective, there are higher expectations on the speed the, the affordability, the sustainability of online order delivery. And do you see these expectations, right? Um, the, the ones that I mentioned just now, speed, affordability, sustainability as competing sure. priorities uh, or they can coexist? And how can business really balance these priorities in practice? I don't think that these are competing priorities, but I, I definitely think that they are all challenges. Um, and it, it's difficult for a business to get all three, probably without some trade-offs. Um, and a good example maybe is the centralized pickup points. Um, so while it's more sustainable for the business in terms of emission reductions and uh, fuel costs, um, it, it comes at the, the expense of customers' convenience. Um, and maybe that's okay with so many customers now wanting more sustainable options. Um, and we're, we probably won't know until we uh, trial and error and customers let us know. Um, maybe another example is the electrification of delivery fleets. Um, they probably, they offer no trade-offs in terms of speed um, and increasing the sustainability of operations, but upfront costs might be higher for a company. Um, uh, it can be expensive to retire an entire fleet and immediately replace them with electrified vehicles, especially when you're talking about a thousand or more vans. Um, I guess 
the benefit, the upside is that, of course, it will be um, more cost effective to run these fleets in five years, seven years. Um, but it, it'll be a while before your company see a return on that investment. And consumers are expecting immediate deliveries these days, which might mean separate packages for each item. And this can be difficult uh, to combat as it means changing consumer behavior. And that's that's a tough one to do. Um, but we see businesses offer credits for choosing more sustainable options, which are really just delayed deliveries that give uh, consumers the chance to uh, delay three packages um, instead of arriving on three separate days to arrive a week later, all in the same package. Um, and it is great. It reduces so much waste and plastic. Um, and it, it might come at the customer's convenience, but it's an incentive and it gives them that option to do that. I would also suggest that companies support uh, policies that really drive change. Um, uh, maybe a good example of that is uh, the new United Nations Plastic Treaty, um, which I believe was just recently agreed to by more than 175 countries. So it really does feel like we are moving in a direction that is backed by government, politicians, consumers, investors, and companies. So I think it's possible uh, to deliver all, all three expectations um, of speed, affordability, and sustainability. And I, I just don't think it's gonna happen overnight, but I think companies have to take that first step to get there. When we um, check in with our consumers around this topic, right, um, they also share with us, as long as it is transparent and, uh, you know, give them the option, it will not come as a surprise to them, right, in terms of speed, in terms of cost and all those things. They would like to actually contribute to uh, this cause. So I think that's something that I completely echo with you. I think businesses and consumers can definitely sort of combine forces on this uh, on this movement. So you also mentioned about for companies, right, um, first starting on this journey, there could be um, some challenges, some obstacles. So what would be the advices in terms of some tangible actions for business who just get started on this journey or thinking about fulfilling their online orders in more sustainable manners? Um, yeah, well, there are absolutely ways for companies who are just getting started and want to jump in um, when it comes to improving their sustainable or sustainability operations. Um, I guess some of the first things I might suggest are um, working internally, engaging really early on with your suppliers. This could be one of the first things you do. Um, so companies could engage with suppliers to identify more sustainable procurement options. Um, and it, it might be better packaging, um, it might be better shipping routes, um, it, it might be sourcing locally. There are even opportunities to invest in zero carbon fuels. Many airlines aren't really investing um, without the support of their preferred vendors, um, and they provide vendors an option to invest in that sustainable aviation fuel with them. Um, so when companies do pay upfront for investments like that, they see return in terms of scope three emission reductions. Um, I think companies might also commit to reevaluating long-term contracts to ensure that new technologies are leveraged when, when possible. And companies aren't tied to 
things like fossil fuels or stagnant vendors. Um, and I guess finally, I would never advise a company to go at it alone. Um, the process is long and it can be quite daunting, really, especially for those that are just getting started. Uh, I think companies would probably see a lot of opportunity through joining what we at BSR call collaborative initiatives. Um, they're typically groups of companies looking to build more resilient supply chains, reduce costs, improve productivity, overcome systemic barriers, and of course, enhance brand value. And collaborations often have different foci. Um, for instance, you might see some focus on establishing standardized reporting methodologies for certain industries, while others are using tools like demand pooling to send market signals and scale climate solutions. And there are a number of examples of uh, collaborations like this in the transportation space alone. And truly any company beginning their journey should identify the right ones for them and their specific needs and jump in. There's no need to try and solve all your problems alone when um, collaborations have, have already begun. I really love what you shared about collaboration. And when it comes to sustainability, I think this is definitely something that even I would say competitors in the same field, they can collaborate and, you know, work on this uh, all together. Let's, let's look into the near future. What do you think will be the key drivers for higher adoption of sustainable logistics solutions in e-commerce? There's so much happening in this space right now. Um, and I, I think it's all really going to change the future of shipping and logistics as we know it. Um, some of my favorites are probably the investments in zero emission fuels, like hydrogen and battery electric vehicles, obviously. Um, and we're seeing these used in a lot of, um, uh, a lot of different facets these days, but, um, I already mentioned e-cargo bikes. Um, that one's pretty interesting to me. Um, and then of course the electric flights, um, that also entails drones. Um, so these are all trends in the way that we are seeing increasing um, a company's sustainability efforts while trying to meet those same three challenges that we spoke about before. Um, and then there's also hydrogen, which I think um, when we see the way that that's uh, enveloped in maritime shipping, I expect our cargo ships to look drastically different. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, there's another one that is kind of top of mind for me. Um, I read an article the other day, I think it was in the New York Times, um, about mm -hmm. something that I would call space warehousing. Um, there's a startup envisioning using large storage lockers in space to eventually, I guess, dispatch goods to, um, and actually they even talked about dispatching bodily organs um, to remote areas of the earth in shocking, shockingly short time periods, like 30, 45 minute time wow. spans. Um, wow. I, I think that's crazy. But I mean, whether this happens or not, who knows? Um, I think we're a few years off. I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow. Um, but I do think it is indicative of industries beginning to look at space as the next frontier. And I don't think it'll be long at all uh, before we see transport and logistics utilizing that space. And then maybe just one more, which is um, it's probably less about the trends, but more about the implications of trends. Um, the scale up of batteries will have dramatic effects on our energy use and infrastructure systems. And I, I don't think we can make the necessary changes overnight. Like, like 
anybody's sustainability journey. And um, I think there's going to be this transitionary stage. Um, I think it's really just going to be a reimagined use of our energy and the use of space here on Earth um, that is largely untouched so far. Overall, I think what you shared today is very inspirational, and uh, especially when you mentioned about innovation technology and how those can actually play a big role. So thanks a lot for sharing with us, Cameron. Thanks for joining us again, and uh, really appreciate the great insights you share with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, this was a pleasure. Um, looking forward to working more in the future with you. This is Azana Insider. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you click follow and subscribe so you don't miss our latest insights and expert interviews. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, take care. Oh,